Brooklyn's Radio Surrey News Review for Friday the 15th of October. I'm Graham Laycock taking a look at this week's local news stories in Surrey from the Surrey Advertiser and Surrey Live. First, this week's headlines. Coronavirus infection rates up in 10 Surrey boroughs. Falkland Bus proposed taking over Arriva's Surrey bus services. And Surrey County Council considering closing its care homes. Coronavirus infection rates have gone up in 10 areas of Surrey. That's according to the latest official data. Elmbridge has the highest coronavirus infection rate in Surrey, according to the latest data from Public Health England. There were 764 confirmed cases in Elmbridge in the week ending the 10th of October, which is equivalent to an infection rate of 556.8 cases per 100,000 people. And their lowest infection rate in the county is Mole Valley. Their latest rate is 291.3 per 100,000 population. The infection rate for the whole county of Surrey is now 422.2 cases per 100,000 people. There were a total of 5,051 positive tests across Surrey in the week ending October the 10th, which is 1,065 more cases than the previous week. That's a rise of 27% across the county. So let's look at each borough in turn in Surrey from the highest to the lowest infection rate. Elmbridge, 556.8, up 28%. Woking, 509, an increase of 81%. Surrey Heath 470.8, up 63%. Spelthorne 466.6, an increase of 23%. Rygate and Banstead 421.1, up 16%. Waverley 406.1, an increase of 29%. Guildford 386.4, up 20%. Tandridge 371.6, an increase of 13%. Epsom Manure 354.3 has no change. Runnymede 324.4 up 34% and Mole Valley 291.3 up 3%. Arriva Bus have announced that discussions are taking place to ensure a continuation of services and safeguarding jobs at its Surrey depot which is threatened with closure. Unite Trade Union called Arriva's conduct disgraceful following the announcement that saying the planned closure of the depot left bus users in the lurch and their daily lives journeys in turmoil. However, Arriva has now announced that another company could take over its operations in Guildford and it's working with trade union partners and Surrey County Council to secure ongoing services and safeguarding jobs. In a joint statement, Arriva UK Bus and Falcon Coaches said on Thursday... Arriva UK Bus and Falcon Coaches have today announced that they are in advanced stages of, for Falcon Coaches, the Surrey-based bus and coach operator, to take over Arriva's bus operations in Guildford later this year. This follows an announcement made by Arriva last week that it proposed to close its Guildford depot and was exploring options, working alongside Surrey County Council to safeguard services for the local community and to ensure continuation of services via another operator if possible. Discussions between Falcon Coaches and Arriva are ongoing. Arriva continues to work closely with its trade union partners and Guildford employees as it looks to safeguard jobs and secure ongoing bus services for the local community. Surrey County Council is considering closing some or all of its eight care homes in the county. The authority is consulting the public on whether to modernise the homes for more than 170 older people or help them find a new one. 
All of Surrey's council-run care homes were rated good by the Care Quality Commission watchdog in recent years, but each building was said to be beyond its optimal economic lifespan when surveyors Savills inspected their conditions last year. During the pandemic, admissions reduced across all eight care homes and they are run well below capacity with only two in five beds full. The homes can accommodate 433 people and were occupied by 173 last month. The homes being consulted are Abbey Wood, Ashvale, Barnfield, Hawley, Birchland, Engville Green, Chalkmead in Merstham, Redhill, Heatherside, Woking, Keswick, Great Bookham, Meadowside Staines and Orchard Court in Lingfield. And on October 12th, Surrey County Council meeting, Councillor Robert King, Labour and Co-op in Egham, asked the leader for assurances but was given none that the number of care beds in Surrey will be kept the same. He said, I hope he will agree that a mix of market system is the only way to provide the essential care for our residents in residential care homes. Council leader Tim Oliver spoke of the possibility of repurposing the care homes for another use. He said, of course, we will look at what is the requirement. I think we have about 13,000 care beds currently in the county, which is one of the highest across the country. I don't know what the demand will look like as we go forward, but it may well be that we're able to use those facilities, repurpose those other things in terms of health care delivery. And we have, of course, the, with discussion with government about how we're going to equalise the cost and delivery of care cost across self-funders and those that we pay for. And that is going to be a very difficult conversation. After the meeting, Councillor King said he found it very worrying. He said the big concern is whilst those care homes do need work and substantial investment, simply closing them will force residents to move and they'll be forced into the lowest level of the private sector. If people are paying extra national insurance, they should expect a decent level of county-provided care in their old age. Cabinet Member for Adults and Health, Hassan uh, Mooney, wrote to all councillors on Monday to inform them the County Council's Executive Director of Adult Social Care had taken the decision to consult. She said, We want to ensure that care meets the future needs and aspirations of our ageing population so that people can lead independent and fulfilling lives for as long as possible. The authority transferred management of all its care homes to Anchor Hanover Trust in the late 1990s, but took back responsibility two and a half years ago. It is now focused on providing extra care apartments to keep people living more independently with support on hand, and aims to provide 725 of these by 2030. The eight homes were all built at least 40 years ago. Most have shared bathrooms, with only those in Hawley and Lingford having about 20% en suite. In consultation document, a county council spokesman said over the last two years it has become increasingly evident that shared facilities present a challenge when managing the control of infections such as norovirus, flu and COVID-19. The three options being consulted on are maintain and sustain some or all of the eight residential care homes and continue to meet the building compliance standards, or modernise and refurbish some or all of the eight residential care homes for older people owned and operated by the council, in which case residents may need to move from the homes to enable the works to be completed, or support residents to move to an alternative care home and close one or more of the residential care homes. The consultation is open and will run till January the 5th, 2022. Feedback will be reported to Surrey County Council's Cabinet in February next year.
A campaign has been launched to save Surrey's oldest craft beer brewery following fears the land could go and be sold off to make way for flats. The Pilbring Brewery, which has been on West Street in Rygate since 1984 and supporters say it represents everything that is good about the town. However, the property company which owns the land it stands on is understood to be looking to sell it thought the area could be earmarked for development. Customers have now launched a Save Our Brewery petition on change.org to get Rygate and Banstead Borough Council to assign the asset of community value status to the premises, which will give it greater protection. The petition now has 5,000 signatures. Julian Griffiths, who started it last week, said, I've been a supporter of Pilbering since before the new owners took over, but since they did, the brewery and tap room has become a central hub for the community. It represents everything that's good about Rygate, history, craft, conversation, good food, good beer, and a place to meet like-minded friends, new and old. She added the petition was proof of a great show of support from the community and warned any attempt to take it away from the town would meet significant conversation, debate and resistance. Co-owner Rory Fry Stone said the brewery was very important to the community. Pilgrim Brewery is the oldest independent brewery in the South East and London area. When it was founded in 1982, it was the first new brewery in Surrey for over 100 years. Mr Frystone said that although he and co-owner Adrian Rother had been served notice and given six months to vacate, they still were determined to save the facility. We are in communication with the freeholder to see if we can work something out together, he said. Maybe come up with some sort of agreement. He also said they'd been bowled over by the response from the community and that plenty of people had visited to show their support. We absolutely respect it, he said. We now have to take that support and make it count. Councillors have refused proposals for a housing development that would have helped pay for school floodlit sports pitch amid fears it would signal open season. The Stafford School in Burntwood Lane, Caterham, have been looking to demolish an existing caretaker's bungalow and build seven houses. It would have helped to fund new artificial grass sports pitch as well as refurbished tennis courts. However, Members of Tanbridge District Council's Planning Committee expressed concerns about the development on Greenbelt land and the visual impact of the floodlights. Some warned it would be open season if it was passed just because it would finance a, support, a sports facility. During the meeting, the Stafford School's executive head, Jeremy Garmer, argued that the development would have numerous benefits for both the school and the wider community and highlighted the fact that there was a lot of public support for the project. Stressing that there was a local need, Mr Garner said he was alarmed and surprised council planners had recommended it to be refused. But several councillors said the plans did not meet the special need that would justify the development on Greenbelt land. Councillor Matthew Groves said it was important to remember there was a high, very high bar indeed, when it came to building on Greenbelt sites. We have to look at the broader picture, he said. It's not just circumstances that are beneficial, it's not just special circumstances, it's very special circumstances. By definition, it's supposed to be a high bar to meet. Councillor Geoffrey Gray said the case for a sports facility had been well made, but that the housing proposal was still not appropriate. And Councillor Beverly Connolly took issue with the floodlighting being a point for refusal, pointing out that the county is dark from early evening and during the winter months. She said, how do you expect our children to exercise if it's not under floodlights? There's not necessarily the indoor space for them to exercise. And she added that she thought it very sad the application had been refused. Two Guildford drug 
dealers have been jailed after police found almost £400,000 stuffed in shopping bags as well as 39.98 grams of cocaine. Rolex watches and designer trainers as part of a probe into crooks using mobile encryption service EncroChat. Richard Andrew Stokes, aged 39, of Railton Road, Guildford, and Charles Courtney Gold, 40, of Henley, Sussex, have been sentenced to a combined total of 19 and a half months in prison after pleading guilty to drug-dealing offences in Surrey. The pair are the latest to be sentenced following Operation Ventic, a national investigation into the use of encrypted mobile devices, commonly referred to as EncroChat, which saw criminals adopt and hide behind code names. Detectives said the successful swoop brought the luxury lifestyle of soaps crashing down with police revealing the crook spent tens of thousands on luxury watches, trainers, trips to Dubai and Ibiza as well as shopping sprees in Harrods and Christian Dior. Surrey police who today released images of some of the cash and cocaine seized since Stokes was first arrested in October 2019 by the Metropolitan Police Service in Barnes. Police said officers stopped him for driving erratically and located bags of cash in his boot totalling £130,000. A Surrey police spokesman said searches of a linked address of a luxury flat in Fulham located almost £40,000 more in cash, three Royalx watches, high-value designer trainers and several cheap mobile phones. Following his interview, he was released under investigation. As part of Operation Ventic, Gold was identified as being what Surrey police termed a right-hand man of Stokes. An address which Gold was residing in in Sussex was searched on May the 4th last year and supermarket shopping bags containing over a quarter of a million pounds in cash were seized along with two phones, one identified as Encryptophone and specific SIM cards used by EncryptoChat users. Surrey police spokesman added... A lock-up gold had been using was also identified and searching officers also recovered around three sweet tins containing 439.98 grams of cocaine. He was arrested on suspicion of being concerned with the supply of Class A drugs unreleased under investigation. Stokes and Gold appeared at Guildford Crown Court on Thursday. Uh, Stokes had previously pleaded guilty to conspiracy to supply Class A drugs as well as two counts of possession of criminal property and was sentenced to 12 years in prison. Gold pleaded guilty to conspiracy to supply Class A drugs and one count of possession of criminal property. He was sentenced to a total of seven years and six months. Detective Constable uh, Harry Roberts said Stokes was living an extremely lavish and luxury lifestyle off the back of these criminal exploits. I hope this sentence reassures the public we're doing everything possible to tackle drug-related crime, not just in Shari, but across the UK. I hope this sentence highlights to those who think a care a career in crime won't catch up with them that it absolutely will. A woman with a disability was reported verbally abused by another woman who used gestures and hate-related language as she walked past her car in Surrey. Officers were made aware of the report of hate crime took place at the Tesco Superstore car park in Hazelmere around 10.30am on Tuesday, October the 5th. The victim left the shop and as she walked past a blue BMW, the car's horn was repeatedly beeped. A woman inside the vehicle reportedly became verbally abusive, using gestures and hate-related language linked to the victim's disability. Sorry, police say the force believes there was a total of four women inside the vehicle at the time of the incident and now appealing for witnesses to the incident. A spokesperson said we'd like to speak to anyone who might have witnessed this, including a man who we have identified as walking nearby to the vehicle when the incident happened. 
The man is described as white around the age of 60, approximately 5 foot 8 high, who is wearing blue jeans, dark grey jumper and had glasses. Anyone with information is asked to contact Surrey Police via its web chat at its website or online by calling 101. An Epsom bakery, Gillespie's, is unfortunately being faced with closure by the end of 2021. The bakery has been confirmed as being closed on Friday, October the 22nd, has been in West Street at the top of Epsom High Street since 1996, owned by husband and wife couple Rose and Sam Doherty. It's not just a case of them leaving the premises, they're waving goodbye to their business of 25 years. Rose said the main reason behind the closure is Sam's health. Sam's waiting to have major heart surgery. It's being forced upon us and he's going to have a minimum of 12 weeks rehabilitation so we feel we won't come back to the extent that he's done before, the amount of hours he's been working. So we thought now was the time to take it a bit easier. Though it's also true that the pandemic hasn't helped matters. Uh, They've had a 50% downturn on their normal trade though they were able to open and trade throughout the lockdown. As an independent bakery, this is the only part of Gillespie's brand that is coming to a close. And Rose said, it'll be really sad next week, but all things come to an end. We had some lovely gifts, bottles of whiskey, bouquets of flowers, some lots of nice cars. It was lovely. We do feel really touched by how everyone's going to miss us so much. We're not just a shop, we're part of the local community. She said they haven't made any big plans for the next steps, but after Sam has recovered from surgery, she can't imagine them doing nothing, even if there won't be any big projects on the scale of Gillespie's. Karen Peckley, bid manager for the Go Epsom Bid, said, It's really sad to say goodbye to Gillespie's. Rose and Sam have provided fantastic service to a large number of loyal customers over the years. Wish them well, and especially Sam, and hope he has a swift and healthy recovery. As for the bakery's message to the community as a whole, Rose said, Thank you for your support over the years. Your loyal and faithful customers, we've been very, very blessed and hopefully give a lot to the community. And that completes our look at stories in Surrey this week. This has been Brooklyn's Radio Surrey News Review with Graham Laycock and you can hear the Surrey News Review every Friday at 1pm and 7pm on Brooklyn's Radio and you can keep up to date with the Surrey Advertiser and at Surrey Live. <laughs>